The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the latest Windy City Gridiron Radio. And it is Cardinals week. With you, as always, is your host, Robert Zaglinski. We're going to preview that game in Arizona. For the Bears with Revenge of the Birds, Blake Allen Murphy. You can follow him on Twitter at BlakeMurphy7. Uh, you can't miss him. He's got a Josh Rosen avatar, so it's pretty easy to see. Blake, how are you tonight? I'm doing good, Robert. Yeah, I know. It's, uh, I have a podcast that I uh, host, at least going over the cards. And uh, while I may have the Josh Rosen avatar, my co host has the uh, anti Sam Bradford avatar with the Kind of a big X in the middle of it for that one. So that kind of seems to describe most of the story in Arizona right now. Yeah, that that's I I was gonna get into that, uh, Blake. What I mean, I get, the best way to ask this: What's going on? The the, the Cardinals are uh, last in most relevant NFL offense to statistics. Uh, the defense hasn't necessarily been much better, but right now they. The Cardinals look like one of the worst teams in the league. I know it's only two games in, um, but when a team's only scored six points through two games and has been outscored 58-6 to overall, uh, you can't really reach another conclusion. What's going on? Yeah, well, I mean, just to even kind of encapsulate it further, the broadcast crew on this last Sunday's game like celebrated when they crossed the 50-yard line. So <laughs> <laughs> it's just like one of those, like, good for you guys. Yeah, like the little golf clap. And it was an area where when you're looking at how the Cardinals, a lot of this was unexpected for a lot of people who looked and saw the team based on what the coaching staff and the players themselves had felt around the team. The biggest way that you can kind of sum it up ultimately is that the defense is still in adjusting where the coaching staff has – trying to implement a new scheme and they currently either don't have the talent or aren't really adjusting to their players skill set on defense as much. Uh, they've been having to play Buda Baker, their second round pick last year, who's uh, brought in to be a safety and a cornerback at the linebacker role on first and second down. And they're having to have street free agents play ahead of some of their first round draft picks. So part of that, I think is in some cases it's maybe mental with the players, but in a lot of it, it's that they really are trying to put a scheme in place that, and, kind of adapt as best as they can to whether it's the scheme, the coverage. It's It's been kind of a little bit of a mismatch on the defensive side, which we can see from times with new defensive coordinators sometimes. But uh, really what it's come down to is that the defense gets tired in the second half because the offense is so underperforming. You put Sam Bradford, who's a, everyone knows is a checkdown machine, into a Mike McCoy offense, which a good way that someone described it is if the Bears are working on 
kind of finding new ways to create an open space with Matt Nagy. The Cardinals are doing the opposite and almost restricting <laughs> and making it much smaller. So really it's just been almost one of the worst kind of combinations of coordinator and scheme. And in some cases, I do think McCoy's adjusted his scheme to try to help keep Sam Bradford upright. And as a result, you know, you're seeing some of these poor statistics. I believe right now the defining stat that was just kind of mind blowing was Bradford's only has 4.0 yards per attempt this year. That means that like for the average number of passes he's throwing is like, you know, from one side of the kitchen table to just about like the, the other side of the, the dining set. So that's part of the reason why it's been so struggling is when you add that in his inaccuracy and the Cardinals offense has just been completely inept. Part of that ineptness in the offense is to me saddening because I love watching him play so much. Uh, David Johnson kind of, I guess, being underused. What's what's the deal there? Why, why? I mean, this is a guy that obviously missed most of last season uh, with a broken wrist. And before, before that, he was a first-team All-Pro, and this was a guy that was getting 26 touches a game. Um, you would think an offense that um, is struggling in the way that the Cardinals are, they'd like to get their best player more involved. Yeah, with Johnson, some of it I think is really when you're saying that he's been miscast, that really seems to sum it up. Uh, I think someone broken down the statistics about almost a third of the time or a little under a third of the time in uh, the 2016, he was out running routes as a, as a wide receiver, whether it was in the slot or being split out wide. This year, it's only about 4% or so of the time that he's you know being split out wide. And when you're looking at the areas that he's running, they're not really running him outside. It's just running him straight up the middle with a power run. And while he's, you know, a, a great back with acceleration, his skill set really is thrives on being a mismatch and you can move around. And instead, you've kind of pushed him into this uh, first and second down power back kind of role that really doesn't suit him. And so as a result, you're kind of looking at a, a very typical game plan of first down, you run it straight forward with David Johnson, you know, teams load the box. Second down, usually you'll try to run it again with David Johnson for that one. And he, maybe you pick up some yards for that one. And, on third down, a lot of times it ends up being an incomplete pass because teams know what's coming since you're in third and long. And Sam Bradford not wanting to get hurt will either avoid the long throw or will check it down. Or in some cases, he'll, you know, he's missed his guy entirely running off his back foot. So I do think that that's part of the issue with this year. But what's interesting about David Johnson is he's still performing at a pretty high level, even with a very predictable script and game plan. He's still averaging about four yards per carry. He just has not gotten the rock as much and they they're only passing it to him two or three times. So a lot of Cardinals fans are already very sick of Mike McCoy's offense. And the team has even talked about how they have to kind of scale back some of the offense, at least for this week. And a lot of fans are saying, well, what do you mean scale back? There's literally nothing here that's really to scale back from. So it kind of feels like the Cardinals staff in some cases are trying to at least double down and trying to focus on execution when in reality, what they need to focus is less on execution and more on being creative on offense. And if they don't have a quarterback who's able to, you know, take the deep throws. And, you know, a lot of that I do think is on the fact that with Sam Bradford not going deep, you can draw more guys into the box. So overall, there might be some improvement to some new wrinkles you'll see this week. But at this point, I think it's going to be very difficult with everything that's in place to be able to see, uh, you know, any type of difference without some long-term change. And especially with if the game script follows very much how the first couple games did where the Cardinals give up a score early and their offense is right now with Sam Bradford not really built to come back down from uh, from any type of uh, any type of uh, you know if there's any type of score that happens it just feels like it's an insurmountable lead even sometimes yeah. a field goal can seem insurmountable now with Josh Rosen that might be a different story for that but we're still not sure where the coaching staff will stand in him or if he'd come into the game at all that's a nice segue 
Um, I see that the Cardinals didn't make a switch. I mean, is it going to take another poor, poor offensive game or two to finally turn the reins over to Rosen? Unless, of course, you wanted to start Mike Lennon this Sunday, I wouldn't be opposed. I, 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 I think that would be, I, I I be fun. But, yeah, what's, what's the timeline here? Yeah, well, it's interesting you're mentioning Glennon because he's been inactive the first two weeks, which is interesting because it's uh, kind of almost counterintuitive. Some of the areas people are saying, well, I don't know if Josh Rosen's ready. It's like, well, if he's not ready, that's what you have Mike Glennon for. So I'm not sure exactly with this coaching staff if if they basically are just kind of holding off on a chance to move to Rosen out of just respect for Sam Bradford. He was voted a team captain this year. He was kind of the guy who, you know, performed and learned the offense and did win the job in camp. But Right now, the biggest question a lot of people have is, what's the situation going to look like for the Cardinals? Is it going to be, you know, where their defense is able to kind of step up? They did manage to slow up the run last week, only gave up 42 yards on the ground to Todd Gurley, but were kind of beaten up through the air with a lot of the zone defense they were being played. Couldn't really get as much pressure on Jared Goff. So is it going to be a spot where Khalil Mack has three sacks or Bradford's, you know, running off his back foot or fumbling or throwing picks? Is it going to be a close, closer game entering the half, or is it going to be another – you know, down 21 to zero kind of going into the second half, because if it's the last one, I think there's some examples where, yeah, maybe you do end up seeing Josh Rosen in the second half to kind of lead Ooh, up to the okay. So that's one thing that's interesting. Now, the other alternative thing is if you're looking at the other side and you're saying this is a team that is not able to like having all of the, these offensive problems, do you want to put Josh Rosen in to face Khalil Mack, at least in this pressure situation where he's down and has to throw it a lot? That's the other question that a lot of fans have been wondering. So I think it's really going to be interesting to see what this coaching staff does. Um, because like, I, I honestly don't think it's like, it's, it's not worth it to compare, but if they do decide to put Rosen in and we've seen in the, at least in what he's shown with camp in the preseason, he's got a, a, a much you know stronger and a bit more accurate arm in the intermediate passing game. Maybe you put him in, he ends up hitting a couple of deep shots. The Cardinals offense can get going. You have the run game. Perhaps they do throw the ball to David Johnson more. That's something that their head coach talked about that they're trying to push their offensive coordinator to do. So it's kind of a spot of where you just really don't know. On one hand, you feel like maybe that's exactly the spark they need. And they're like, all right, we've seen what we need from Bradford. We're making the switch. On the other hand, maybe it's they decide, you know what, we just have to kind of ride or die with Bradford. Maybe Glennon is active and they put him in at some point if there's, you know, an injury or if he keeps uh, – getting beaten up. We just are not sure at this point as Cardinals fans, because there's a lot of questions. There's a lot of issues and you kind of don't know where to start. The, the head coach, Steve Wilson, <laughs> even said this week, there's so many issues going on. If I thought it was just quarterback, I'd switch it out. You, well, you sound exasperated to be honest. It, it is a little bit exasperating because after the first of the signings where you signed Mike McCoy, it's like, well, what, what did you expect? He got run out of week six in Denver. And when you're talking about Sam Bradford, well, you know, people talked about how they said he was accurate and they said that he had a lot of it. But you also know that this is a guy who doesn't really handle pressure well and he's coming off of an injury and you're kind of looking at a skittish and scared quarterback. So a lot of Cardinals fans are now looking at it saying maybe you should have started off with Josh Rosen, but the coaching staff would have viewed that as a uh, maybe I don't know if it's waving the white flag on the year, but that, that's really what it kind of comes down to anyway. So we'll see because as a Cardinals fan, the biggest thing that you have to look for is kind of like, is this going to be a year where it's off to a slow start? You put in the, the quarterback and you maybe see a turnaround like the Texans did with a, you know, a little bit of a new life, or is this going to be kind of like a slog fest where you're like, man, it feels like the, the Cleveland Browns, like you kind of feel like you want to put the rookie quarterback in, but you also kind of aren't sure of what the situation is. So I think a lot of things we're going to learn about the Cardinals in this game will be just how they're able to, you know, adapt to these changes. Cause you can get punched in the face once and call it as one game. We see it. The second is a trend. If there's a third poor output put on offense and the, 
defense is basically able to have a, you know, the opposing offense dink and dunk down the field. There's going to be a lot of things that people saying, yeah, this is a trend and there's going to have to be major changes made here. I want to circle back because you talked about the, the defense getting used to Steve Wilkes scheme at the, uh, uh, at the top. Um, I was under the impression that this was a, a good, that this was that the defense had enough talent to kind of persevere through a scheme change. I mean, Chandler Jones and Patrick Peterson, some other guys there are pretty good. Um, and I think they're still just in the scope of Sunday's game. I think the, the, the Cardinals defense is still pretty, should still be pretty poised to give uh, a struggling Mitch Trubisky and company a lot of problems on offense. I, I, I while I while I think um, we know what's going to happen with Khalil Mack and company on defense, I, I think that's that's that, that that's what probably puts the Bears in an excellent position to win. Um, I, I I think Jones and Peterson are good enough, and some other guys there are good enough to uh, to to keep the margin uh, to to keep the margin closer. So go in a little bit more about those defensive issues. I, I that, that's a little strange to me. Yeah, for the most part, like the with week one, it seemed like the Cardinals were being not necessarily like outcoached. It was more of like that the scheme had called for Alex Smith to have these dump off passes to running backs and their linebackers either were out of place in coverage or their defensive end. Some of them got bullied around in the run game around the edge. So they, they made some adjustments for week two. But really what's happened with a lot of it is Steve Wilkes has taken kind of a, a team that was built on having a lot of speed and a lot of guys are having to think through things. It's like the whole entirety of what the defense was designed to do was to try to have guys have one read, like here's your job, you're responsible for this versus having to kind of read and react. So some of it might be, you know, taking some of these veteran Cardinals players who are used to, Oh, okay. I see what's happening here. And then reacting. Well, you know, that's getting them getting out of their gap, which is their new assignment. And all of a sudden the player is able to burst left because everyone else, you know, was doing what they were supposed to be doing. I do think part of the thing that, and this is what a lot of Cardinals fans have been wondering as well is how much of this is really a talent issue where you're like, you just don't have the talent to run the defense as well as maybe he did in Carolina, or maybe it's that they're taking some extra time to have to adjust to it. And how much of it is on Wilkes with his ability to adapt his players versus just kind of push them into his new scheme. Cause some of what's interesting when you look at how Chandler Jones has went from kind of a 4-3 defensive end in New England to when he became kind of a 3-4 rush linebacker standing up. He was, uh, you know, maybe the most underrated player in the NFL last year and the most disruptive guy with uh, – he led the league in sacks and also led the league in tackles for loss. So he was just a huge force. This year he has one sack, but and you'd think that, you know, him rushing the quarterback on each of the plays now would have a bigger impact. But with a hand in the dirt, for whatever reason, he just doesn't seem to be – able to either set the edge as well or being able to kind of get after the quarterback or instead of being able to kind of loop around, he's kind of having to hold that edge there. So I think that some of it at least is maybe it is on the coaching staff. And that's one of the questions we'll have to at least see moving forward, especially since, you know, last week, um, Patrick Peterson, he moved from a uh, man coverage, just followed the best guy around to his own coverage. And their cornerback, Jamar Taylor, just got abused by the speedy Brandon Cooks for over 100 yards. Um, some big time catches. So that'll be something to watch at least with a guy like Alan Robinson or Taylor Gabriel as well as they can use some of that speed and that separation um, to be able to get around since Arizona right now, they, they really are in need of a opposing pass rusher opposite Chandler Jones. They may get one. Uh, Marcus Golden is expected for the most part to play. Uh, he ended up having, I believe, double digit sacks, led the team in sacks actually in the year when they had Golden, Campbell and Jones all on the same team. 
still coming off an ACL. It'll be interesting to see, but that's kind of where some of the questions is how much of this is just a matter of time and just working through some of these issues on defense and how much of it is just, you know, that you're looking at a coaching staff that, and this is kind of the thing that I'm wondering is, are they in over their heads a little bit with this? Cause it seems like some of these issues like with, Oh, we need to throw the ball more to David Johnson. It's like, you had nine months to be able to take a look at the film <laughs> to know how to use David Johnson. You had nine months to look at, you know, Patrick Peterson being able to shut guys down. You had nine months to see that Chandler Jones, you know, the Patriots, his hand in the dirt was a good player. He became a elite, like high end player in that three, four. So some of it is just a question, I guess, of, is this a good job of coaching? And I think that's what a lot of Cardinals fans are wondering, especially given just the, lack of usage that you're seeing in David Johnson and some of these other playmakers on defense with two talented and athletic first round linebackers kind of having to sit on the sidelines as backups. Talking to Blake Murphy of Revenge of the Birds, you can follow him on Twitter at BlakeMurphy7. Follow me on Twitter at Robert Zaglinski and follow us on Twitter at WC Gridiron. Uh, Before we get to keys to the game and predictions and all that stuff, I I, I think I kind of know where your answer is going to be. But give me one positive thing that you think the Cardinals will do the rest of the season, and then tell me if you think they're that they will turn this around. And turn this around can mean whatever you want. Yeah, the biggest positive I think that the Cardinals are going to at least have is I think that they will be able to turn around the defense at least. I think there's too much talent on the defense for them to be a continually, you know, kind of lagging defense here. I think that they'll be able to turn it around because of not just having too much talent, but part of it I think is that the offense has been holding back the defense and defense goes out and, you know, the opposing offense drives down the field, gets to the, you know, 45 yard line, has to punt. The offense is standing back on their own five yard line. They go three and out. All of a sudden the defense has to get back on the field. That's not only just wearing down on you, that's something that I think is going to be really, really difficult to be able to look at from the sideline and have confidence at least in winning the game or going out and feeling like you're able to win the game. You go out and get an interception for your defense and go three and out. It, it's just really difficult. So I do think that once the Cardinals do end up figuring out, you know, at least a little bit better offensive, like at some point you have to figure that the ineptitude is going to stop, whether it's a quarterback change or something. So you'll probably end up seeing the defense at least get a little bit more figured out and make some of the adjustments you already saw in just one week. They went from, you know, 166 rushing yards to about 80, I believe. So you you cut that in half. There are adjustments that they were able to make. Uh, I think as far as returning around, that's going to be really up to honestly the coaching staff, because if you do make a move to Josh Rosen sooner than later, you're going to have ups and downs that'll come with that, but you are going to be able to get, I think a lot higher, um, a lot higher amount of performance, at least out of the position, because at this point, what, what you're looking at right now is a quarterback who's just totally inept at the position. And once you put almost anyone back there, at least like, you know, you, I'm not saying to put like you or I back there, we'd have more yards, but it's really like one of the most terrible performances. And what's really sad about all of this, you know, is that Larry Fitzgerald chose to come back for a year. He's got Sam Bradford. And even though he's, you know, having to deal with all these quarterback things, Fitzgerald still is on pace for like, you know, almost a hundred catches and a thousand yards, even in the midst of this offensive ineptitude, which is kind of crazy. So I think the turning it around, if you're looking at for the team to kind of go back to where the expectations were, I came into this season looking at them at about a six and 10 record. Mm-hmm. Now that, that was assuming that they won their first game against the Redskins. And that was a loss. I was also assuming they'd have a chance against the Bears. So now you're like, okay, so now you're looking at like a 3-13 and 13 season. So if you're saying that's turning it around, that's going to be a top five pick, a lot of questions and team having to win right away next year. If they 
continue to kind of stay with what they're at. They say, you know what, it's week four. We're not going to move to Rosen yet. They continue to kind of trot out some of these same different issues. Then you're going to probably start wondering if this is going to be a, a one-and-done roster. Some fans and some of the media are already kind of speculating and wondering because it's hard to see with how tough the roster is if there are other wins on the season. And uh, with them choosing to go with Sam Bradford for this game, it's kind of like the, the best way you can think of it is, you know, if you're flipping a double-headed coin and you're like, all right, I know it'll probably get tails this time. You're probably going to go in with it and getting that, you know, expecting a different result from what we've already seen, already proven. So the Cardinals choosing to play Sam Bradford in this game, if they leave him in all game, well, you know, you can just say congrats to the two and one Chicago Bears, at least for that start. If they decide to make the change, then you'll know that's going to be what they got a chance to turn around as they'll have to see and they'll have to adapt. Okay. The Bears offense, Blake, has success if they fill in the blank. Uh, if they can, on their first game opening script, drive down and get a touchdown. Because with how this Cardinals offense is, that might be all you need at least to be able to make it kind of feel like an insurmountable lead as long as they rely on That sounds on so depressing. That sounds so it, depressing. It does, but when your offense is built on, uh, we're going to be a defensive-centric team, we're going to run the ball and try to have their quarterback be a game manager. When you're down 7-0 and it's like, oh, we can't run the ball as much to David Johnson with, as much as we wanted to. Uh, I think that was the biggest thing that's killed the Cardinals is that you get down early. So what I think that the – it's not that it's saying, you know, oh, it's a 7-0, that's it. The Cardinals are averaging, you know, three points a game with this offense of a Sam Bradford. <laughs> and so if you're able to go down and get a definitive score and a touchdown, at that point I think that you'll take a look at seeing if you can manage the end, get another touchdown for it there, maybe end up having to kick a field goal or so. The Cardinals will have to figure out exactly what they have. So outside of having to make some major changes – because of Khalil Mack being here and being a force, I think that Bradford is going to end up feeling some pressure in his face. The biggest thing that the Cardinals, I think, will um, be prone to do is I think that this could be a game where Chicago sees a few turnovers if they're trying to go deep. So I think that for the Bears, what they really have to do is go out there and be able to establish a balanced attack, whether it's being able to run the ball, take advantage of some of the Cardinals with the players on defense still not quite being adjusted there. And then on the other side, at least, being able to just have take advantage of the passing, especially on third down. The Cardinals, I believe, over – I have to take a look at the, the stats again. But I believe that they had five first downs in the Rams game. Three of them came on the very last drive of the game. So if you can keep converting first downs, keep it in short, being able to balance the offense, being able to drive down the field, even if you don't score a touchdown or able to either get a field goal or punt it, that really is going to be just taking up some of the clock, making the defense work for it. So that's the way that I think if I'm the Bears, what I try to go out through is come up with a game plan that really just favors Trubisky using his legs to be able to run around for some of the Cardinals, kind of, you know, keep get them out of their gaps a little bit and be able to kind of just get some separation from these guys against the corners. And I think that the Bears have a really good chance of being able to be up by a touchdown or two going into the half unless the Cardinals can figure out a way to make some major adjustments, whether it's to keep Sam Bradford confident and comfortable, or maybe it's them deciding to say, you know what, we're averaging four yards a carry. Let's just run the heck out of the ball and then see what will happen at least with that. And that's against, you know, two pretty strong defensive fronts in the Rams and the 49ers. They're still averaging a pretty good run. So that would be the biggest concern is if David Johnson can break off a big one, uh, look out because that might be just what the Cardinals offense needs. The opposite. If the the Bears defense will be successful, if fill in the blank, I can kind of guess where this is going to go, but yeah, it's just applying pressure because whether or not it's Sam Bradford or a rookie and Josh Rosen, if you can apply pressure, 
there's going to either be turnovers. We've already seen Sam Bradford when he's gone lock. His arm just doesn't look the same, and he's turned it over. So if you can just apply consistent pressure and be able to stop the run up front, if you've got one of them, then I think that you'll be able to at least – the Cardinals' defense is so bad. If you can do one of those two things, Bradford might end up you know throwing it away even if he's not pressured, which is unfortunate. But in the second half, if Rosen doesn't see any pressure at all, then – that's going to be an interesting kind of, you know, case for his first, uh, you know, first rookie action potentially. But the Bears aren't able to stop the run going up. If this Cardinals team can manage to maintain the clock and get the Bears off the field, maybe even drive down and see a scoring touchdown. They, they don't have a passing touchdown in the year, or maybe even kicking a couple of field goals. It could end up turning a game which the Bears could win handily into a long, more drawn-out affair. All right, Blake. Game picks. Let's hear what do you, what do you see happening in Glendale on Sunday? Yeah, so I don't think that the Cardinals are going to be as inept as they've been in the last couple of weeks, but I still am not going to say that you can even pick them at this point, especially since they're going with Bradford outside of any type of, you know, miracle comeback from putting the rookie in, which is like that's the expectations for that are like a little bit too high, I would think at least. The, even Deshaun Watson was, you know, with a great performance last year, even with Carson Wentz as a rookie. Those are just expectations you can't have. So what I have at least is I've got the score being 24 Bears, 10 Cardinals. I think that the Cardinals end up going down early. I don't know if they'll get a touchdown or an early score field goal. I think that they'll make some adjustments at least just to get the offense going in the first or second half. But unless they're able to make, again, major changes, it just is probably going to be a slog fest overall just because of just the, the poor fits. And I just it's really hard at this point to really you know trust that this coaching staff in the space of you know a couple of days is able to make some of these major changes and overhaul. So I think that they will score again a second time before the end of the game, but it'll probably be at that point and maybe some garbage time, or maybe it's the rookie who's seeing some later game action. So right now I think that for the bears, um, unless the Cardinals come out and shock the world and surprise a lot of every, a lot of their own fans and their own picks, it's, it's probably going to be the bears in this game is what I would imagine, especially if the, from what I've heard, Cardinals fans who might not even be attending the game, some are even, selling some other tickets. So there's going to be a lot of Bears fans in University of Phoenix Stadium on Sunday. And that just kind of shows where this team, I think, currently is and how drastic some of these changes are needed <laughs> just two games into a new regime. I'm sure Chicago, people in Chicago will react rationally to the Bears absolutely not blowing out the Cardinals, Blake. So oh, that's the that, that, Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's, that's going to be fun to deal with. Um, Blake, I appreciate you hopping on, man. Uh, Always fun. Uh, Hopefully we can do this in the future, buddy. Uh, Thanks for taking the time. I appreciate it, yeah. And don't be shocked, you know, if Josh Rosen does come in. It'll be really interesting because he's he's looked good and he's had an alarm. So don't be surprised, at least, if he does come in. And you do see at least a bit of that spark and a bit of that impact. But my guess is with Khalil Mack, it might be that they'll give him a whole week to prepare. We'll we'll see what the coaching staff has dragged up and just see just how desperate they kind of feel uh, going into this game again. And a game which I don't think it's a, a must win at this point, but I think as far as for them being able to admit that you know, they still have a season or any type of, you know, maybe I don't know if you can say playoff, but any type of successful season to hope for. A lot of that is riding in on this game. My ultimate nightmare is Rosen coming into the second half and lighting it up. Yeah, and, that would be and, and Twitter and, and Twitter. Again. <laughs> yeah, and Twitter. No, no, not only the Aaron Rodgers, but lighting it up as a young quarterback and immediately people talking about something about Ryan Pace, something about Trubisky. That's my ultimate uh-huh. nightmare. So I, so I really hope that doesn't happen. Just like, just in this one case. I mean, it can happen because it's directly against the Bears. Like, I, I, I'd, I'd hope for your sake that Rosen turns out well and he comes out. But like, just in this one little prism, in this one <laughs> magnifying glass of a game, I, I, I really, 
I don't know if I'll be able to withstand the tweets, Blake. I'm just, I, just, uh, no. I hope it doesn't happen. Yeah, well, if I'm just looking. I just got a notice on my phone just now. We're recording on a Thursday night, and uh, Baker Mayfield was just coming in, coming in about halftime for Tyrod Taylor. So it's happening. The rookies are starting oh, to come in God. with some of these bad teams. So we'll, oh. we'll see if Arizona ends up following it up for that. Oh, God. Uh, he is Blake Murphy. He writes for uh, – or Blake Allen Murphy. I'm saying his full name. Uh, he writes <laughs> for Revenge of the Birds, uh, SB Nation's Arizona Cardinals website. Does great work there. Follow him on Twitter at BlakeMurphy7. Follow us on Twitter at WCGridiron. And follow me on Twitter at Robert Zaglinski. As always, stay classy. It's maybe the night that my dreams might let me know All the stars are closer, all the stars are closer Tell me what you gonna do to me Confrontation ain't nothing new to me You could bring a bullet, bring a sword, bring a morgue But you can't bring the truth to me Alexa, play Kendrick Lamar and SZA Okay With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need Get tens of millions of songs Download the Amazon Music app today Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G Podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work questions including what are we missing when we work remotely or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking from the provocative to the technical we're offering insights you won't want to miss so tune in to the future of work a prop g pod special sponsored by canva you can find it on the prop g pod wherever you get your podcasts